So we uh, come in your prayers for our household and our family's household. But last week, I got the privilege. My sister accepted the Lord maybe about uh, three weeks ago. And when she did, I shared with her about one word faith church. I told her they believed that on the cross, the job wasn't finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, take the rest of they say that he had to go to hell and get beaten up by his, by Satan and his demons. So when I shared that with her, she was like, oh, does this church believe that? Because I was at a play, and that's what happened. I was like, wow, the Lord already set the groundwork. So like, is that true or false? So the week last week, she went to that particular church, and she walked out. She couldn't, because it was such a word faith church, she walked out, and she didn't go. So she went back home. And so I talked to her like on Friday, uh, Saturday, last Saturday, and she said she wanted to go to church. So I took her to New Hope, Kapolei. She loved the message, loved the worship. And then she was, uh, she noticed they were going on a mission to the Philippines. And she said, oh, I want to go find out. I'm like, cool. So we go find out. And then she, they said they were going to go with Compassion International this year. But they're going to do it next year. Long story short, she has two children that she sponsored, Compassion International. Not really being a believer, but just a spiritual person. So she saw how the Lord gives us the desires of the heart. And then he puts it in front of us to see what we want to do with it. So that's awesome. Not an awesome praise report. Oh, little Caleb here, they were supposed to go back to Colombia to get his, to rectify his uh, citizenship and visa. So they were thinking of going back, but now we have a friend, a family friend, He's a lawyer. Um, he's gonna do it by next week, so she doesn't have to go to Colombia, save money. You know, no, no, he's so awesome. So I thank a lot for Caleb, the little boy, for Shabi. Just uh, they're a blessing to our household. So just thank the Lord. So uh, tonight we'll take a quick look at uh, a feast of tabernacles, what it is, and some of the names and some of the biblical principles behind it. So let us bless our word as we go into it. Abba, we once again are so thankful that you chose not to let one year or one tittle, Lord, pass. But your word stands true, Lord, for thousands of years. And we thank you that it made it here, Lord, into my ears, and that your spirit could work in mine, Lord, and change my heart. And change my thoughts and wash my mind from the impurities on it, pure thoughts from We thank you for your great work and we thank you that um, with your word is that's all we need for life. And so as we go forward, Lord, we thank you for the Torah, we thank you for your big Tadashah, your new writings, 
But most of all, we thank you for the love we suffer. To put on this flesh and live among this sinfulness. Sin, Lord, is this place ravaged with sin, but you chose, Lord, to come amongst the chaos and pay the price, that sinless sacrifice. A price that we cannot pay, and a debt that we have to is incredible. So we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and we'll be thanking you into eternity, Lord. even into the eternal order. So, Lord, as we go through your uh, understanding of the uh, support, we ask that everyone's mind might be uh, opened up and they might receive the things that you have for them. We pray these things in Yeshua's name. So, this is the, the fall feast. It's Tishri 1. It's the first day of the seventh month. We celebrate Rosh Hashanah or Yom Chuah. And from that day, that's going to be fulfilled by the rapture of the church, right? We call the last trump, the 99 trumpet blast that the Jews do in the last. The Tekiah HaGedolah is the one where the church will be taken up. So from Tishri 1 to Tishri 10, the Jews and like all of us, they have 10 days to repent. So they pray and they do, they do good works before they are judged on Tishri 10, which is Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, we saw last week, will be uh, fulfilled by the Great Tribulation. So the Great Tribulation is something we've never seen. And the Great Tribulation is specifically for the Jewish nation, for the Jews, the people of Israel. For as a nation, they rejected the Messiah on the basis of demon possession. So all the works that he did, they attributed it to demons, not the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. And from Yom Kippur to Tishri, there's five days, a five-day interval. And that interval represents a 75-day interval between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. So between the uh, combination of the second coming and Sukkot, there's a 75-day interval. And then in between Sukkot, there's a time between the aftermath and then, so seven days later, is the 22nd, that's, that's not the right number, 22 days of Tishri, and on the 23rd day of Tishri, is the next feast, or the next uh, holiday. And that, I feel, is the added day, which is looking at the eternal order. So we're like, what's the next picture? Okay, we're looking at the interval. So after Jesus comes uh, back to earth, he fights the armies, the campaign of Armageddon. He fights them from Bosra or from Jordan. He fights the uh, Antichrist army all the way back to Jerusalem. Remember, at this time, no Jews are in the land of Israel. They've all escaped to Bosra in Jordan. But when they call upon Yeshua, Baruch HaBashem Adonai, he comes back, he pierces the clouds, and he fights the Antichrist army all the way back to Jerusalem to the Valley of Jehoshaphat, the Valley of Judgment. And that's where the, the blood right, will rise high as the horse's bridle. And then from there, he will do his victory ascent on the Mount of Olives. So from that point until the beginning of the Messianic Kingdom, certain things will take place during that 75-day interval. 
First is the removal of the abomination of desolation. So if you read Daniel chapter 12, um, verses 11 and 12, it says that from the time that the continued burnt offerings shall be taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. So what it is is seven years or three and a half years is one thousand two hundred and sixty days. So from the time of the signing of the covenant, the, uh, the peace covenant between Israel and the Antichrist, until the setting up of the abomination of desolation <coughs> is three and a half years or 1,260 days. So you know exactly where the middle of the tribulation begins. From that point when they set up that abomination, three and a half years, exactly another 1,260 days, will be the end of the great tribulation. But he adds here in Daniel, There'll be an extra 30 days. There shall be 1,290 days. And he goes on to say, Blessed is he that waits and comes to the 1,335 days. So he adds another 45 days. So in this 75-day interval, these are the things that are going to take place. First is the removal of the abomination of desolation. And what happens is, it'll go 30 days past the tribulation, past the end of the tribulation. Why did it stand for 30 days? I don't know. But after 30 days, it's gonna be uh, taken down, destroyed. Another thing that's gonna take place is the Antichrist will be resurrected. It'll be the first resurrection after this um, great tribulation. So just as Yeshua was the first fruits to glorification at the rapture, the Antichrist, who is the counterfeit son, will also be the first fruits of the second resurrection. Resurrection unto damnation. So the Antichrist and the false prophet, it says in Revelation, both of them will be cast alive into the lake of fire. So they're not there right now. The lake of fire is just hot. Yeah. It was already created for Satan and his followers. It's already created. So one day, the first things that will happen, the removal of the abomination of desolation, the Antichrist will be resurrected, and then the Antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. And at some point in between here, it will be the humbling and the binding of Satan into his fifth abode, which is the abyss. So he went from heaven to the atmospheric heavens. He, asked, he also was on the mineral earth. So the earth at one time was a mineral earth. He was uh, in heaven um, over the covering chart. But this will be his fifth abode, and he'll be in the abyss for about almost a thousand years. Then the judgment of the living Gentiles. So during the tribulation, it won't be whether you're saved or not saved, but it will be whether you were pro-Israel or you're anti-Israel. That's how you're going to be judged. So if you're pro-Israel, you'll be saved. You'll be able to go into the um, Messianic kingdom. But if you're anti-Semitic and you live that long, you'll be thrown into the lake of fire. So, sad to you. And then at some point also there will be the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. So the resurrection of Yeshua, he was the first fruits. 
and then there was the there's gonna be the church saints so at the rapture again we who are alive and remain will be taken up so the mortal will put up immortality and those who are dead in the biblical term the technical term is asleep in the Lord so it's a uh, your body looks like you're sleeping, but your, your spirit is in heaven, alive and well. So those who are the corrupted bodies will be raised first to incorruption. So that is the awesomeness of our God. And when we lose people that we love and cherish, we will see them again. Yeah, so we don't know this fake hope. We have this real hope. And after that will be the resurrection of the tribulation saints. So we have the Yeshua, and we have the church, we have the uh, Old Testament saints, who they're, they're the friend of the bridegroom. They're not part of the group, the bride, but they're friends of the bridegroom. And these tribulation saints, if you read Revelations, the one that they were beheaded for their faith. So during this time, it will be a heavy action if, you're, um, if you believe in Yeshua at this point. And that's the fourth order of the resurrection. And then what happens is, the culmination of all of that will be a big celebration to shoot off the thousand year reign. It'll be a seven year marriage feast of the land. So when we're taken up to heaven, that's the marriage supper. A little intimate, just the church. Just the church, yeah, the body of Christ and with Yeshua. We have an intimate time. I don't know how many billions of people are gonna be intimate, but we wanna be up there and then to uh, start the messianic kingdom. You see how our God is? He, he actually is the maker of luals. I mean, he, he loves to um, enjoy others' company. And that's how we all should be, loving each other's company. So it says in Leviticus uh, 23:34, on the 15th day of the seventh month, there shall be a feast, a hug, of tabernacles to God for seven days. So I, I was in my yard, not a day. I took a picture of these two snails. I'm like, wow, even snails, like even creation, like worships God. So this is, is that the picture? I'm not sure. So these are the two snails I took up in my, in my yard. I was like, what? That snail's like made his own sukkah. So this year, <laughs> my truck is loaded with rubbish at all, so I couldn't build a sukkah. So I figured my little snail friend and see, you know, what a sukkah is like. So this is what the sukkah looks like. You know, you have to be able to see through, and it kind of um, it's to remind the Jews. Of the wilderness wanderings, how they ran around in these shanties, pretty much. But this was a, a tabernacle or sukkot of these. Now, but when the tribute, uh, when the messianic kingdom begins, oh, okay. So this is what they. This is the uh, the blessing that they say. He says, Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who have commanded us, given us commands, 
and commanded us to dwell in these shanties. <laughs> oh, here it is. To dwell in the sukkah. So if you like the um, it's not all that, it's just a couple sticks put together. I don't think I went to the carnival before, but they have these games like for the little kids. We used to call them stick joints. It's just you know, little sticks. That's pretty much what it is, it's just stick joints. So go to the next one. So from that sukkah, this is gonna descend out from heaven. It is like 50 miles by 50 miles by 50 miles high. I can't even eat it, but it'll be like that. And he carried away me away in the spirit to a great landmark, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. So at some point, I don't know if we're going to be where we're going to be with him in heaven or we're on the earth. Um, I don't know where we're going to be, but at some point, we're going to see this majestic thing. <laughs> 50 miles by 50 miles wide, 50 miles high. That's almost bigger as this island. <laughs> 50 miles. And everything is going to be like gold. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The streets, I mean, you know, you listen on the radio, TV, buy gold, you know what I mean? <laughs> gold is very important. It's uh, during when, uh, when the economy collapses, buy gold now. But it... Is that it's going to be an asphalt? So one day, not today, but one day, I think in the near future, in the near future, paving stones will be made out of gold. So if you have a little, you know, palawa, a little cross, or people trying to gain gold to the Lord, it has no value. It's like paving stones. It's asphalt. So the glory of this city is going to be incredible. So these are, it says the names of all the apostles will be on the walls, on the bottom tier of the walls. And that's why it will be all different colors, right? Jasper, Hyacinth, I mean, beautiful. I kind of mean, like, I try to see what it is, but my mind cannot, it's not wide enough or big enough to um, understand it. So these are the different means. Yes, sir. Hmm? He wants to talk. So these are the means. The first name is called Chag Hasukot, which means Chag is a festival 
or a pilgrimage. So there are three pilgrimage feasts that Israel must go to Jerusalem to celebrate. And this is one of them, Al Hasukot. The second one is called Hag Yehovah, or the Feast of Yehovah. This is the real biblical name, the Feast of the Lord. And that is found in Leviticus 23 39. Another good name, interesting name, is called Ha'asif. This means the Feast of the Ingathering. It's an interesting name because it marks the end of the harvest just before the rainy season. But it's also a picture of the ingathering of all of Israel. For all of Israel, right now, are getting called back to the land. They are returning to the land. They are making aliyah. That aliyah is for judgment. That's the sad part. They're all going back to Israel. All these people groups who claim of Jewish blood are being gathered for judgment. And only one third of all of Israel will be saved. So if there's 300,000, 200,000 will not make it into the Messiah kingdom. So that is why we, as believers, we are called, according to Paul, to witness to the Jews. That's our uh, first ministry. Because their failings was, our, was to our benefit. When they rejected Yeshua, He went out, He rescinded that kingdom offer from them for a later offer in the tribulation. But right now, He's inserting the church that today, Gentiles can come to him. And until the Gentile number is full to a certain point, then he will catch up the church unto himself. So the ingathering will also be um, done with the blowing of a shofar. Another name is Et Moadei Yehovah. It's the appointed times, the appointed um, seasons, the sacred season that the Lord has appointed. Everything according to its time. So can the rapture occur halfway to the tribulation? Cannot. Just because how the feasts are. We can, the feasts cannot be fulfilled within each other. There's uh, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Trumah, Feast of Trumpets, and then there's 10 days. So there has to have a gap in between the rapture and the great tribulation and even between the great tribulation and the messianic kingdom where we saw that 75 day interval another one is the shana rabbah which means save us in the highest it's exactly what they were crying out when yeshua was coming in right coming in on the downhill Hashanah rabbah save us in the highest so this is uh meant for the seventh day of the feast and they pray this every year according to Israel's, for Israel's future and final redemption where all Israel will be saved. So this is the other name it's called. Shmini Atzeret. This means the eighth day of the assembly. So this refers to Leviticus 23.36 the added eighth day. So technically it's considered an independent holiday from the Feast of Tabernacles, but it comes immediately after. 
and is connected with that feast. So this eighth day, I believe, is connected with the eternal order. So the eternal order will come sometime after the second coming of Yeshua. So five days after Sukkot, or one day after, whatever the case, after Sukkot will be the eternal order. Now this is what everybody knows, the Sinchat Torah. Sinchat Torah is the rejoicing of the law. This is the rabbinic turn again for the eighth day based on numbers. So Sinchat Torah is a cycle that the Jews do. They read a, a portion of scripture, which is called portions. And they have 52 portions for 52 weeks of the year. And on um, tabernacles, they, they read the end and they read the first reading again. And that's why they call it Sinchat Torah, the rejoicing of the law. So now let's look at the biblical basis of, of principle of practice. Oh, the Messianic Kingdom. So here's what happened in the Messianic Kingdom. So we saw the 75 day interval right after the tribulation, the judgment of the living Gentiles, the humbling and the binding of Satan, which begins the Messianic Kingdom, the marriage feast of the Lamb. So the first seven years will be partying with the Lord. I don't know what kind of dancing he does, probably horror or something. So it'll be a year of peace and justice upon the earth. Uh, he'll be reigning with a, a rod of truth and justice and nobody going to talk back. You know. But still, in man's hearts, they're going to be against it. Not, all, not everybody's going to believe. And they will again uh, re resume in the millennial temple there will be sacrifices but these sacrifices will be for remembrance remembering things versus their sin right? they say actually the, uh, the priests were actually butchers they're some of the greatest butchers and now you know in New York they had the best delis right that's where all the chiefs came to Ellis Island and they were they were the butchers they were the butchers in this point, the animals will return to the Edenic state where the child can put the hand in the hole and you know, an adder or a snake, poisonous snake, you know, just play with the snake. The foxes and the lions will be running around with the sheep and goat. You don't need, I think, you don't need meat anymore. Who knows, right? But what I do know is that we won't be. Uh, our blood system will not be there. We won't have blood anymore. We will have the Spirit of God moving in and through us. So that's why we would have no decay. Because the blood brings out disease. We'll have no blood. So the animals. So this is a utopia, right? This is what every religion looks for and tries to uh, imagine. Hey, come to the Bible. 1,000 years where Christ will reign upon the earth. And at some point during the end, there will be the loosing of Satan. So he'll be loosed to make another um, big war against Yeshua. And what will happen? Who do you think will win? <laughs> Yeshua will end up winning. So they will invade Israel. They will have the great white throne judgment. The last, all the last people, then the second resurrection, we followed by the second death. So all these people 
will die during, so during the tribulation, you'll have 100 years, according to Isaiah, to believe on Yeshua. If within that 100 years you don't uh, accept Yeshua, you will die. So people will die during the tribulation based upon their belief upon Yeshua. So the aftermath will be the second resurrection and the second death. So everybody, all the unbelievers, will be judged at the great white throne judgment. At that point, what you did with Yeshua? Did you believe? You know, you saw him 1,000 years. You still didn't believe? Lake of fire. So lake of fire is horrible because you get your actual body back. And that's only how you can have weeping and gnashing of teeth. And it'll never end. Never end. When I first came across these um, theological truths, I couldn't help but be so bold with the faith. Yeah. Because even, even people who did like unreal wrong to us and our family, I still pray for. I still love them. Even though the whole family hated the guy, or the Wahini, whoever, I couldn't. Because it's not worth, Jesus died for everyone. And my heart was like, I deserve that. But he loved me enough. So the aftermath would be that. And the passing away of the old order, the creation of the eternal order, would be the brand new, another brand new heavens, new earth. And we'll be all residing in the new Jerusalem. So we look forward to this. And that's why we live a holy life because it's not fake. We don't need to be fake. We don't need to be plastic. We can be real. We get in hot time. We can say we get in hot time. Satan attacking our heart. We can say it. Nothing wrong. Yeshua can help. He said he would. Yeah. So this is the temple. Now the temple will be outside of Jerusalem. It will be north of Jerusalem. So this is kind of the layout where the priests would live, the sons of Zadok. That stream goes to the Mediterranean, out onto the Dead Sea. And Jerusalem will be a 10 mile square right there, right? So that is where that whole 50 mile by 50 mile thing will land. Right on the hill country of Israel. So, the Lord will be in Jehovah's Shabbat, and in the temple will be, what is that, okay, 30, 40 miles away. And then all of the, the tribes, they all have their portion. And I don't know where we're going to be, but we're going to be somewhere. <laughs> if you're faithful today, yeah, He will bless you. A desire you can have for whatever people group or you know put your charge over. I mean this ain't no game, people. The Lord, He loves us. And this is real. I mean, people's lives and souls, eternal destinations um, can be altered with our voices. Yeah? How great is that? How, how he said, greater works we can do. That's what he said. And how great is that work? So Jesus will be on the throne and there will be two branches of judge, uh, 
two branches of uh, rulership. So one side is the Gentile branch, where the church and the tribulation saints, we have charge over the kings and Gentile nations. That's us believers. And on the other side, we still have the Gentile Jewish distinction from today, even into the Messianic kingdom. So on the, we were promised, he promised David, David will still be reigning and ruling along with the apostles, the princes, the judges and counselors, and then Israel will be over us as the Gentiles. So it'll be like awesome. No crime. No, I don't even know we get doors anymore to lock, right? No, no doors. No need doors. Only tent. The tent, the only the tent. What's the Hawaiian call? Puka. <laughs> So we're going to have pukas. So the biblical practice is actually seven days long. And they were actually told to build booths. These little scantily, uh, little stick joints with um, leaves on top. And also it was to uh, remind us of the 40 years wilderness wanderings. So as Israel wandered for 40 years, for 1,000 years, we will not wander. We will be in awe of the Lord and all of His accomplishments. And we will be able to see everything that He does. So even for me to see how my sister is uh, trusting in the Lord and moving by His Spirit, I get to watch how God's hand is on her life. And it's amazing. You know? So the third way the feast was to be celebrated I was with the Arba Aminim. The Arba Aminim is the four fruit, the four species. We have the etrog, and we have which is the setrog, which is like the fruit. Then the lula, which is the branch, the solid branch over there. And then we have the hadas, which is that myrtle tree. So the palm frond is the lula. The myrtle tree is the hadas, and then the next one is the arava, which is the willow. So these four things are used for this particular feast. So the Feast of Tabernacles follows Yom Kippur, and it's considered to be a time of rejoicing. I would rejoice too after all that affliction, right? Demons, and you cannot die, and you see everybody beheaded, I'll be so happy. I mean, the, my joy would be overflowing. But we as believers, we don't have to go through, go through that. Yeshua has done that all for us. So a time of rejoicing after the affliction. And it also marked the first fruits of the harvest. And that eighth day. So the symbolism of these four species. Can you go back home? To the Lulav. So the symbolism of the four species for this particular celebration has different meanings. It has, uh, it points to the human body, and it also points to a kind of person. You know, Mahalavala talks about uh, one that the sea fell upon, rocky ground, another one, solid ground. The same kind of uh, thought process here. But the person that they're actually talking about specifically is a Jew. 
but the wider application is for believers also. So the lulav, looking at one solid, that is solid piece of uh, the palm fronds, it is used and it symbolizes the spine, yeah, backbone. Now what it does is it has fruit, but no fragrance. So what this person, what it symbolizes is a person who understands the law of God, but they have no good deeds. Lots of head knowledge, wants to win the argument, but not loving a brother enough to coax him into understanding. So they probably go to church to debate, but does not serve. Yeah. Always wants to make attention. But they also, when they don't have anybody to fight, they end up many times making up all kinds of excuses not to be at church, not to be at synagogue, right? So they're so full of themselves, but they have this knowledge of the Word, which is awesome. But grace has to be seasoned upon, upon with wisdom, with that knowledge. Because otherwise, you're just going to be puffed up, right? So that's why there's no fragrance, like people don't walk. Oh, it's not good. It's like, oh, wow, what's wrong with this guy? The next picture is the hadas, the myrtle tree. So this is a symbol of the eyes. Yeah, almost look like eyes, you know, little leaves. Now the difference with this one is it has fragrance, but no fruit. <laughs> so these might serve in their synagogues or a church a lot, but does not discipline himself or herself to study themselves approve. They, uh, they live an unbalanced life, so they try to absorb all of their time in serving, which keeps them from studying, and they are, they're okay with that. And that's like Yeshua, he said to the church of Ephesus, you guys are doing all the works, but you guys forgot me. <laughs> Yeah, your first love. Find that balance. The next is the arov. Now this is the willow. That's the mouth. It's a bigger leaf. It's a bigger mouth that uh, symbolizes your mouth. So this has. This doesn't have any fragrance. Or any fruit, what good is it? Is there some people you know that are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? No knowledge of the word, no knowledge of the law, and no good deeds. Can be an unbeliever, most likely, but even believers can be like this. Believers can be uh, can lack knowledge and can lack deeds so nobody is uh, the only way to uh, challenge this is to study yourself approved and serve that's it simple and the last thing we have is the intro this fruit symbolizes the heart it has both fragrance and fruit. So this is like a believer who 
whether they're Jew or Gentile, who has both a knowledge of Scripture and wisdom, because wisdom is how to impart the knowledge that you learn of the law, and you also does good deeds. So, you know, Yeshua was our perfect example, and we should try and exude his, um, how he lived. I mean, he's pretty straightforward, but with love. So these ones are the ones we want to emulate. These finds ways to study the word of Yehovah as much time as they can. It's so much TV and so many other things to distract. But these make time. I remember, uh, again, when I took Greek, it was rough. Like four years of locking myself in my room, but it pays off. The Lord, you cannot out-bless the Lord. You cannot out-study the Lord. He will always meet you and give you uh, the capacity to receive anything you want. This person loves fellowship and serves anywhere, whatever they can do. Never has an excuse. Always has a good reason to be in fellowship. Always has a good reason to be in uh, fellowship, studying the word, being in church, synagogue, whatever. These individuals find their well-being being about the Father's business. I mean, we can love the world, yeah, but you know, the world has nothing for us. So we got a way where we want to invest our life and our time. We want to invest in things that uh, might look good, nice car, you know, gold, whatever. But at one point, we don't have no meaning. So the life we live before our family and friends ought to be enough to make people want to know Yeshua. So this is uh, the blessing for the Tatawad And he had commanded us to shake the lulav. And this is the Shehekeanu blessing, where they thank the Lord for keeping them alive up until this point to, to survive this special occasion. And I think they might even say this uh, during the, uh, the Messianic Kingdom. During that feast, I mean, it's like, thank you, Lord, for giving us life and preserving us life to this very point. Those who make it to the 1,335 days. I think this blessing will be like, unreal. We will witness this. A lot of people that came out of the great tribulation. And like they say, next year in Jerusalem. <laughs> There's some action going on here about the temple. Major action. So we're trying to see what's going to happen. I mean, who cares what's going on in Syria or Turkey? not God's timepiece. God's timepiece revolves around this city and its people. Yes? Uh, I 
basically Israel. So as centuries go by, one city is, is uh, terminated, another conqueror comes and they build on top of it. They, they fill it all up with dirt and they build another city on top. So you can go deep you know, beneath the temple, beneath Israel. In fact, uh, they were digging. The Arabs were digging and taking all of the dirt just outside of the temple. And the Jews were are there now. They're like uh, doing um, the archaeologists. They're going through all of it. They're finding so much things to affirm that King David was there. You know what I mean? But Jews, this is the actual Jewish capital, and that's why you know Trump when he moved it. I mean, he's right in the wheelhouse of the Abrahamic covenant. <laughs> he's not only blessing Israel, but he's blessing God. So you look at what, you know, Trump might be unconventional, but because he's, he supports Israel, and the way he does it, he supports believers too, Christians. <laughs> I never seen anybody get so much harassment in, in my life. <laughs> but hey, just like, uh, just like Esther, on times such as this, I don't think anybody could withstand the barrage of uh, attacks that he has uh, handled up to now. So he said, pray for our leaders because the Lord raises them up. Right? And if he's doing good, he must be doing something right. And the thing that he's doing right is being a blessing to Israel. And it's awesome. So, never go against Israel, people, because the Lord will come against you. So they usually have all of those things and they hold it Take it forward, backward, side to side, and then up and down. You know, like how some people play a lot of best from the bottom to the toe and the back to the front. You know. It's almost like that. It's almost like where that prayer, where that movement came from. So the Lord said to take it up, take it up, and shake it. And if I actually say how, that's where the rabbis come in. But, so they've made it a custom on how they do it. So it but different people do it different ways. So the main thing is, it'll be uh, fulfilled in the Messianic Kingdom. So when we pray, we're gonna pray, and then uh, we're gonna receive the bread and the cup. This is a time that, talk about holy. It's a holy time where we reflect and we focus, Sikron, we remember what Yeshua did for us. Because nobody else could do it. A human could only die for one human. So if I was to be, if I was to sacrifice myself, it would only be good for one person. But because Yeshua is God Himself, His sacrifice is good for everyone in the whole world. Past, present, everything. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to the culmination, Lord, as we see your great work, your great plan, this detail out in Scripture. God, so many miss it, Lord. 
but we prayed uh, that um, you might draw more that they might hear God, that their ears might be not tickled, but that their ears might be that is connected to their brains, and they might have uh, correct understanding, Lord, of your plan for the ages. What a great plan! And it's coming, it's coming to fruition. Three more to go. And many of the signs show it's very soon. So we ask that you keep us awake and aware. Keep us about your business. Keep us focused on your, on your will and work for us. Lord, we pray for everyone here who is uh, maybe having a hard week. Lord, we pray that you might give them encouragement. For those who Lord run against you, we pray for correction, a spine or a stiff correction. Let us use all of our, res our resources, Lord, our hearts, our eyes, our mouth, and give us back home. Let us reflect the Lula. Let us shake up this world Lord, for your glory. Show us how. Show me how. I don't know. I just want to serve you until we are done. Lord. Use us. In Yeshua's name we pray and we all say. Amen.